Freedom House, could you guys give them a big welcome, Montel and Kristen Jordan. Thank you guys so much for being here. Come on, let's give them a big Freedom House church welcome. Great job. Woo! That's awesome. That was good. Love give it. it up, Dusty. Yeah, Dusty, I, like, I didn't know you could sing like a girl. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, I did I'm not. I'm sorry. That's 57 just years of marriage. I'm just sorry. I was, 57 I had to, I had years. To, you weren't here. That for, was the combined between us, yeah, right? You, is that what he meant? Well, you weren't here for all his little, his little jokes, so I oh, had to okay. have one all back. Right. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. So, hey, um, we are going to go ahead and welcome Montel and Kristen up Come here on up here, us. Montel and Kristen. Is this where we're sitting right here? Yeah. Which one do you want? I'll take this one. All right. Yeah, we'll put them on the adjustable ones because she's mm. six foot and he's six eight. So I figure there we go. my feet can touch on this. So we'll let y'all adjust your seats. But we thought what we would do is, um, you know, we have been married. Tell me how many? Be 28 years okay. September. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I was asking because um, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I always forget because it, it, it's just a lot. I 1992. 1992. That I remember. That's right. Um, but what we wanted to do is we wanted to share. I, I don't necessarily love when I hear people talk about all the happy, happy, wonderful, wonderful, because somehow in doing so, um, that just isn't real to me. And I think it's kind of like I wish somebody had told me when I had my first kid, like what that was really like when I got home. Fun fact. Um, and I just don't think it does people any good uh, when you're not uh, really open about the experiences and things that you're walking through and things that you have to push through. I remember I came home with that first baby and I was like, no, nobody told me about any of this. Um, can y'all see us okay over here? Do we need to scoot our chairs back? Y'all okay? Let's scoot them back. All right. Yeah, I don't like having my back to anybody. There. How's that? Is that better? That makes me feel better. Y'all might not care. but There we go. There we go. Is that better? All right. Um, so we just thought what we would do is we would dive in, we would start some conversations, ask some questions, um, and just, just have share. a dialogue. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Can I, I wanted to just when you close this out to go to the break, you were talking about, and we had been talking about on the phone as well before getting here, um, that there can be a weight, and we're hoping that the weight is lifted off of you tonight. Uh, because you get so much information, you get so much inundated with yes. what the world is saying and what the left is saying, what the right is saying, what so-and-so is saying. And, and with COVID-19, with the quarantine, with everything, there's just a weight, weight, weight. And I need you to understand that weight was not meant to crush you. Weight is designed to make you stronger. Anybody that lifts or that goes to a gym or that works out, they understand that when you properly handle weight, it's so that you can handle more weight. If you improperly are handling weight, those are the areas that you may feel like you're being crushed or you're being harmed because you're incorrectly handling yeah. the weight. And God wants to properly give you the tools. He yep. wants to give you spotters. That's what we are yeah. tonight. We're, we're yeah, spotters. That's a good analogy. And that came that's just right analogy. now. I've never said that's that before. That's a great analogy. You want to have a spotter, somebody that's there to help. And they're, really, they're not lifting it. You're doing the heavy lifting. They're just making sure that you properly are lifting what's going to help make you stronger. Cool. So can we dive in and just get like right to it? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just want to ask the real questions. Um, talk to us. You talked about infidelity. You talked about not being under the covering. How did you guys recover from that? What, what happened? What moment? What rock bottom? What made the turnaround? I'll start. Um, um, I got exposed. That was the first thing. So you got I, caught. Like, did TMZ find you or something? No. no. I, so God. this is a crazy thing. Like, it's going to be, was a, I think it was probably my 30th birthday. And so my best friend calls me, and we were going to Vegas. And we had this big trip planned together and everything. And she, go, she calls me, and she goes, so, hey, I'm not going to go to Vegas. And where's Montel? I'm like, I'm sorry. And what? Are you serious? Like, this is my 30th. Like, really? This is what we're doing? And she goes, yeah, I need to speak to Montel right now, please. I'm like, okay. So he gets on the phone with her. And she basically says, um, if you don't tell her, and no, not me and the friend, but she's been on the road with us. We had very, very tight-knit family, musical family. And she says, I can't do this anymore. If you don't tell your wife what you've been doing, I'm going to tell her. And I was like, okay, let me weigh this out. 
um, if she tells her, I die. Facts. If I tell her, I may lose everything or I may get to keep half. So in the process of that, I determined, well, I don't want to die, so I need to tell her before anybody else finds out. And so... And it would be basically uncovered that of the seven years of marriage that we were in currently, he had been unfaithful probably six of the seven. And there would be multiple infidelities um, with women, and it would be exposed. Some of these people I knew. Some of these people were in my inner circle. Some of these people, it was city to city. So um, to say devastated is kind of like an understatement. It's one of those... (gasps) Did it bring back those feelings of, that's why I'm an independent woman. That's why I don't depend on no man. That's why my mama raised me to be strong. What did it invoke in you? So here's the crazy, this is, this is how I want you to see the enemy for who he is, right? So remember, he's not a creator. He's not an innovator. He's a repeater. Okay, he's an imitator. And so just because he has no new tricks. So I was the same years old. My parents were married the same amount of years and over the same issue. Okay, so my vow when I got married was that if you're unfaithful, I will leave and that is it. And if you live, and I mean if, um, and this is always what I stated. So my my condition or my vow was I'll never stay with somebody who cheats on me. So the enemy plays on that and says, okay, well, that's the way that you're going to be out. Then let me go ahead and set you up to be able to be. Out. And so, so one of the things I want to caution you on is, is that what I didn't understand right there is, again, I had made an alignment or an assignment with the enemy because I told him how to beat me. I gave him my strategy. Punk move. He didn't even have to come with it on his own. Like, I told him how to get me. Yeah. That's crazy, right? You know, that's a, I think that's a good point because sometimes we innocently make vows. And what we're really doing is we are, and you know you made a vow when you'll say something like, I, internally you will say, I will always fill in the blank. Or I will, I will never. never, you fill in the blank. Those are vows. Now, you don't have to say them out loud, but you can say them in your head, in your heart. And you'll, you know, basically, I will never, maybe you've been through a divorce and you say something to the effect of, I will never have uh, another man treat me that way. I will, or I will never let a woman take advantage of me I'll never in this completely way. Completely give my heart to somebody. Yeah. I'll never be hurt like that again. I'll right. never, or always I'll always be de- independent. Absolutely. Or I will always have my own money. I'll always be like my mother. I'll always be like my father. I'll never be able to get out from underneath the family curse. Whatever you know. Right. So in the so. Fun fact is that, so when this gets exposed, like, um, I would love to tell you that I was, like, saved and sanctified and, like, handled it like a champ lies. So, um. Like a what? Like a champ. A champ. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Lies. So I went, I went back, <laughs> I flew back to Los Angeles to confront everybody who had been on my staff because the truth of the matter is, is they all knew. Now, did you, did you suspect anything? So here's the truth. In the moment, I would tell you no, but in retrospect, Yes. But I had also said, hey, just so you know, um, if this ever goes left and you are participating in this and you allow him to have infidelity on the road, I will shut it all down and I'll fire you all. So I said it as a... Wow. So why would they tell me? (laughs) Why would they come and say, hey, I'm not losing my job security to tell on this fool. So So major conflict. Yeah. Okay, so let's just... Let's make this, you know, I'm not trying to think of this as equivalent with something like uh, I play too much sports or I watch too much television. But let's just talk about it in the realm of trust. this was a, this was trust. a major conflict, okay? Mm-hmm. So, because I think one of the challenges we have in marriage is we don't know how to resolve conflict because we've never been shown how to resolve conflict. Yeah. And if we don't resolve conflict, we'll, we'll carry resentment into the next phase or the next season of our relationship. And one of the big things that I think is being exposed during this time right now where we have all this time together Mm -hmm. is there's resentment that as a result of unresolved issues. Absolutely. So what was step one? Or, you know, what were some of the things that you did in order to resolve this issue? Well, first of all, I want to say that part of the challenge or when we started, when when I repented, first of all, when I was exposed and I came clean, and, and wait, 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 I need to, yeah. so you got caught, 
You didn't initially come clean. You got caught. And for me, there's a difference. So how did she, like, explain how she knew now yeah. to trust you? Tell me that. Yes. Well, once again, like I said, musically, I was almost wanting to get caught gotcha. because I was speaking out in my... Uh, girl, if it's all right, let's go somewhere and get it on tonight. I got a girl, but you look good. I was living out through my music the stuff that I was struggling with and making hit records, and people were hearing the, the music and like, oh, Montel, oh, he's so dope, this or that. And I'm really crying out saying, yo, I don't know how to get out of this. And so I, I put weight on. I did a bunch of different things that was under that sin, under that guilt, under that shame. The exposing was through a friend who, by the way, they still are some of our closest friends to this day, even though they were the ones who came and said, who pointed us back to each other and pointed us to Jesus in that time. Um, And from that time, uh, God had to get a hold of my heart, first of all, because the process was, okay, I need to be able to ask God to forgive me. I need to be able to ask her to forgive me. I need to be able to forgive myself. I need to be able to forgive all the participants that were a part of all this different thing that I had to go to those people and ask for forgiveness. All of these things were pieces to the puzzle. But what I want to say is the challenge was I didn't have a keeper. I didn't have the Holy Spirit to help me navigate. So understand, when you hear about the bastard that I was, because I was... It wasn't like I'm out just trying to be grimy. It was a, I would go and I would, it would be like, oh, okay, let me just flirt. Okay, I shouldn't flirt. God, I run back to Jesus. You know, I'm the, clo- we're the, some of the closest things. First of all, the music business is a dark place. Woo-hoo. I need you to know that it's a very dark place. It, it's not like designed for Christian folks to be able to thrive. We didn't have role models to show us what it is to be Christians and be in the music yeah. business. And so I would sin. I would, I would run back to God and say, God, I don't want to look at these people. You know, what's going on with God? Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, God. And I believe he would give me just enough to be able to go back. And then now I go back and it's like, okay, well, if I look, maybe I can get a little closer look. Okay, well, maybe I can have a conversation. Okay, maybe um, nothing happened there, so maybe we can just have dinner. Okay, nothing happened there, so maybe we can watch a movie. Like, it was just God... The yeah. enemy just was inching me closer and closer yeah. towards sin until the point of where it's like a, a web. Anybody that's been caught or been in a place, it's like a spider web that you just get tangled in. And the more you try and move, you couldn't get out of. But I said, I didn't have a keeper, Pastor. And because I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I, was, I felt guilt. I felt shame. I would run back to God and be like, why am I like this? You know, take this away, God. I don't want to feel this. And I be at the altar and crying out to God, and I never had the Holy Spirit in me activated to be there to help keep me, and so I was trying to keep myself. And it can't be done. And this is the key, and this is what I want you to understand, is that so when I went to L.A. to confront all these people, um, I was hot. Like, I was hot. There was nothing oh, like... Oh, girl, I know you. I'd be afraid. Father of light. Yeah. And this is like before no, Jesus be has been holy, right? So um, I, I'm eating with my friend. I'm about to get back on the plane. I'm about to come back. Ooh, we're about to go. It, it was I'm bad. Out of it the was going to go bad. Right? Way. I'm, so, know, I'm out. <laughs> um, and my friend says, hey, I have one question for you. Um, what does God say? <sighs> I don't hear that. I didn't ask. No, I didn't ask because I already know what he's going to say and I'm not trying to hear that. And so literally I got on a plane. I went straight from the airport to the church. Now, our church at the time, very big church, and we sat outside. I sat outside in my car by myself cycling services, a.k.a., I don't know what they're showing, 9, 11, now it's 1. And I'm trying to work up the nerve to get to go into church. And I'm finally, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to go, dust myself off. I get up to go out of my car, and guess who's coming out? I was like, you got to be kidding me. For real? I literally walked into the church. I came straight from the back of the church, huge church, fell flat on the altar. Wasn't time for that. (laughs) And wept. Wept my face off. Because I couldn't understand 
How could this happen to me? I love you. I live this. I'm a Christian. Like, even though we are not doing Christian music, like, we were saved before we got into this music business. Some of the artists that you know today that are saved, that have given their lives to the Lord, we gave them their first Bibles. Like, this isn't like we don't know Jesus and we're just total heathens. Like, how could this be? You're only half heathen. I'm half heathen. Yes. So, (laughs) partially heathen. Um, But... I laid out in front of, and I said, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, you and your daughter's life depend on it. You should stay. That's it. Stay. What does that mean? Silence. Stay. So I didn't know what it meant that day. But what I know is this. God is a sovereign God, and I never understood that word until that day. He knows what I don't, and I trust him. That's critical. He knows what I don't, and I trust him. What I knew is what I knew what had happened to my mother and that that same tape could replay for me if I allowed the enemy to have his way. I knew how that tape played. But he was willing to change. He was willing to change, but the thing is, is that at this point, I didn't even know that. At this point, what happens is I have to make the first move. He says he wants it, but we don't know at that point what it is. And I said, God, how could I ever trust him again? And he said, I'm not asking you to trust him. I'm asking you to trust the me in him. So what are, the, what are those conversations? That's powerful. Yeah. Um, what did those uh, conversations look like beginning as you worked it out? Like, who, you know, were you, you like, s- I hate you? Uh, how dare, like, walk us through. Like, were you angry? Were you weepy? Were you... Like, what, what did that look like? So my thing is this. I know myself well in the context of I know who I am. And so I said, you know what? I want to know. I want to know everything. And I want to know everything. And the reason I want to know everything is because the worst case scenario would be this. We are standing on somebody's red carpet. And some chick comes up and whispers something in my ear. And you didn't tell me that. This is going to be TMZ gone wild. I'm telling you right now, this is not going to go well. So, so I told her everything. And, and let me just say this. For those who may be navigating through That's or huge. have navigated through yeah. something like this, um, first of all, you have to ask God what it is that you can handle. That's true. Like, like some people You're talking about I want, from a Christian to, standpoint, like what you can handle in that conversation. Is that well, what, you're what you can about? handle as processing, because gotcha. sometimes women don't moment, need to know the de- details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. I wanted to know everything. This was my okay. Here's your get out of free jail, get out of jail free card, right? So everything that you tell me today is under the blood. If there's something after this, it's your blood. Oh, bye. Yeah. Facts. We're going to see your blood. That's I right. Took the out, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> I, took, I took the out. So I told her everything. We got on in the car after church. We hopped in the car in, in Atlanta and we just started driving. We drove for about three and a half hours. We were like all the way on the other side of Alabama. And I just asked the Holy Spirit at that time. I was just like everything that I could remember, every sin, every everything that I could think of. I just, I told it, I, I told, I said it. And like I said, I was, been, I was living this sin. I was under this guilt and this shame and this weight for years. And wow. so I'm now getting free, but I'm now taking all of what was on me and I'm sharing it and I'm dumping it on her. So this was not an easy process, but I will say this. When I, when I received the Holy Spirit, it was because she laid hands on me and was begging God, and we were pleading with God, tarrying with each other for me to be able to receive the keeper that I needed. So the thing that I tried to do without her, the thing that I tried to navigate through and ended up dumping on her, all of those different things, still for the glory of God, it came back around that when I got the most precious gift I could ever get, the keeper that I had needed for my entire life, that it came from her hands, the same hands that I was harming and the same hands that, you know, like, like what you're saying, Pastor Penny, um, it's not the good times that show you what a marriage is made of. 
uh, a lot of times, like you said, without the, the, there's no message without some mess. There's no testimony without a test. And it came through that, that to the glory of God, you got a multiple time adulterer now that's leading marriage ministry all across the world. That don't make sense. That's Bible, though. That does not make sense. But God says he'll use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And this is foolish. Yeah. This don't make no sense. But and that I, he could use it, that's how you know it's him, because there's no other way that this makes any sense. Did you have anybody else to help, help you guys process through that? Did you have somebody come along, a pastor, a friend, a counselor? Yeah, so funny. All of the above. So when we're hemorrhaging, when we're going through in the heat of this, um, the Lord would speak to a pastor that lived in New York City. They got on a plane and were on our doorstep knocking. So I had this really weird dream that you guys had sirens in 911 all over you. And so we came to tell you that God said that he's in this and whatever it is, he'll work it out. And we were like, because literally we hadn't told anybody. Yeah. So here they are on our doorstep, and we're like, oh, God. And you know, with black people, you don't just show up on nobody's doorstep without calling. Don't for, do that. Maybe white people. Maybe y'all do don't that. Do y'all that. Just, I was in the neighborhood. I stopped by. Like, we don't do that. Like, we will see you out on the front porch yeah, and be like, I know. I've been told. sorry, your phone is ringing. They're calling you. Yo, you see me. I don't see you. We don't do that. No, because my blinds are down. So, <laughs> Listen, I will peek out my blinds, but if you didn't call. Sorry. So. <laughs> All right, so let's, let me just back this up a little bit because I want to make this, you know, somewhat practical for everybody because, you know, it's, I think that we all can put ourselves in your position, maybe not in the position of, of adulterer, but I think that we can put our, in a position where we're not honest with our spouse. Can we talk about that for a and, second? Just kind of because I know you have a book getting ready to come out. Yeah. Um, and just some of what we walked through um, a few years back, because I think it's important for people to know that your pastors also have to stay um, at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start and then you sure. kick it. So uh, I think you guys know that Pastor Troy has shared um, about his panic attacks and stuff that was going on in his world. And it started uh, years back and he began to take medicine to try to level it out, um, but to him, um, as a man, it seemed like a failure that he couldn't get over his panic attacks. So uh, he decided through diet and exercise and just sheer willpower that he was not going to take the medicine anymore. So for about plus, eight, I didn't like the way the medicine made me feel. Yeah, it made me feel really odd. Yeah. So he went um, off the medication completely. And he wasn't having panic attacks like he had been. Um, but what happened is he spent almost all of his emotional energy trying to not have a panic attack. And so there was a lot of things that he was checked out on. Um, there was a lot of things that, like he, he didn't want me to know um, that if he had a panic attack or if something was going on. But I knew something was off and I was trying to figure out and, you know, when you start to try to do investigator, like he had these pills that he would take if he would have a reaction, um, but he, he wouldn't just take something just to, to keep it from happening in the first place because he felt like that, that he was a failure as a man. And I didn't understand that because girls aren't wired like that. I'm like, just give me the stupid pill. I don't really care. So I started to, you know, try to ask him questions about it, then realize I couldn't ask him questions about it because it would incite that panic in him, and it caused, like, a, a more tension and a breakdown. So I just started going and counting his pills, you know, when he'd go to sleep at night to see if he had had a panic attack or because he, he couldn't talk about it. So do you want to kind of kick in from that? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of shame there, a ton of shame. You know, I was dealing with all this because I was trying to – you know, I'm leading the church, I'm leading the staff, I'm making all these decisions. We have a young, we have a family we're trying to lead through teenage years. And here I am, I, I was on the medication for a while and then I got off the medication and I did good for about two years. And then about the third or fourth year, the pressure basically mounted again to where I started dealing with the ch those challenges of, I wasn't having full blown panic attacks, but if anybody has ever experienced anxiety, Sometimes Would you raise thought, your hand if you had? Because we found out almost everybody yeah. had. Look at that. Yep. 
Well, my book's coming out next month, and hopefully it'll help you. But people um, don't talk about yeah. that. People and don't it's pretty, talk about I'll just be, I'll be really, really honest with you. It's a very transparent book. And so uh, it could scare you a little bit <laughs> for, for me, like from my standpoint, because I'm really honest in the book. And I talk about the real deal of what I went through and the challenges. Yeah. And, and even my childhood, I talked about my dad and how his influence, even though he was dead, still had over me. My grandmother, even though she was dead, still had influence over me. Mm. And so there was a ton of shame. And so what happened is with that shame, I wasn't honest with her. I wasn't open with her. The very person whom I should be trusting in was the one that I was afraid to share. To disappoint. To disappoint, mm. to let down, to seem like a failure. And as a result, it just the resentment kept rising to a boiling point to where somebody else had to step in and get involved in, and she had to involve other people in that conversation and, and basically jerk the slack out of me yeah, in order for, for me. First... Now, you, most of y'all, if you've been around for any length of time, you wouldn't even know that because I was really good at hiding it, really good at hiding it. Most of you have been to this church for a long time, for over 10 years. You would never even have known that I was dealing with it um, had I not told you about it. And because I was really good at hiding it. And that's what happens. That's the bad thing yeah. is you're really good at hiding that, that hurt and that stuff that's going on inside of you. That's how the enemy punks us. Okay, so that's what I need you to understand. And one of the reasons why we do what we do and why we say these things and why we're transparent with you is because I think for the longest time the church has been silent or they pretend like everything's all good. And the thing is, is that sometimes it's not all good. Sometimes it's not all good until it is all good right? But you need to know that somebody else is going through something so that you can know that there is another side of this mountain and that if God did it for me and he delivered us and helped us, when we are the most broken people in the whole wide world, but God can fix this, whatever it is that you're going through, he can fix that too. Yeah. Let me say something that's really quick. Yes, that's, that's good stuff right there. Um, when, and you just said something, uh, Troy, um, that this is a date night, okay? And we're giving you some heavy stuff here, but yeah. but I need you to, to, to get this. Um, God designed from the beginning for us to be naked and unashamed. Facts. Let, me, let me start there because I'm hoping that's what we get back to tonight, at some point mean? tonight for the marriage. <laughs> And, and not for the, not, not here, but when you get not home, here, at just home, at home, clear. At home. Yeah. and that's yeah. for the married couple, not that that's kind right. of church, yeah. not that Only kind of family, married couple. but, but to be naked and unashamed. And what happens is, uh, when you are not naked and unashamed, that's when you got to go and try and cover yourself up. That's when you have to go into hiding. That's when you have to wear a mask. Ah, Right. Whether you have to wear a mask or you don't wear a mask and some of you still are wearing masks anyway, that'll preach. But what I'm saying to you is the idea of what you were navigating through, Troy, uh, from that standpoint of feeling I have to hide this or me with what I was doing. I have to hide this for most men and for most women. A lot of times what we're doing when we're in a place of sin or guilt or shame or whatever that is insecurity, we our first instinct is to hide is to go and to cover ourselves, to cover ourselves in work, to cover ourselves in a title, to cover ourselves up. And God is always coming back and saying, Adam, where are you? He wants to know not just proximity. Where are you? He wants to know your heart, your mind. Where are you for all our Adams and our Eves out there? God is calling us. I never designed for you to hide. I never designed for you to cover yourself. I designed for you to be able to be naked and to be unashamed. And so as you yeah. say that, what you're, what you're saying and what I'm saying, just so those of you, because your story matters too, you're hearing ours, you're hearing, you're hearing all these stories, your story matters very much so. And what you're seeing is that when I say naked and unashamed, um, first of all, you can't get naked in front of everybody. Facts. Okay. Cause everybody can't handle, uh, what you have been through or what you've navigated through. Like I'm giving you generalities. Yeah, we had this. We couldn't go into detail of what that looked like because that's getting naked before you and God covers us. We didn't have to cover ourselves because he covered us. But what he did do is he allowed us to be transparent. 
not naked, but transparent. Transparent means you can see through somebody. So what Troy is giving you is transparency. What Penny's giving you is so that you can see through them, you can see through us, so that you can see yourselves in our story to be able to see that if he could do it for us, that he would do and, it for and you. I, yeah. let, me, let me add this on there too, because I think this is uh, important for men because this is our tendency, okay? Women have, and I'm generalizing here, I'm not saying every woman and every man, but for the most part, us guys, if we're honest, is we, we will hide faster than our wife will. Our wife is going to be way more open and honest about those situations and challenges that she's dealing with than you and I will, um, than, than you and I will, and men will. And because we, we typically, we want to come off stronger. We want to come off in control. Yeah. And what, because of our deepest need, which is to be honored, and we understand that women want to feel security and men want to feel honored. And what the devil does is trick you into thinking that hiding is where you get the honor. Because if I share this with my wife, then how in the world could she put me in a place of honor when it's exactly the opposite? The more, the more transparent and intimate you are with your spouse, the more she will honor you. Because guess what? As so a wife, true. when you're honest with me and you're transparent with me, I feel like you're opening up to me. Now I'm talking, this is the thing. One, just, just fun facts. You know why And sex women- becomes real good. When it does. And, I'm and more frequent. And more frequent. When I talk to my girlfriends, yeah. when- <laughs> This is how we do it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had to put that no, in there in the second. Not. You yep. just used his own You've song. You've been waiting to do that, yeah, haven't you? I've been waiting to do that the I whole time. Know. When we talk to our girlfriends, we literally, okay, this is what happened. Okay, this, and we resolve and talk out what our issues are, right? But when we talk to you sometimes, we're like, so how you feel? Fine. How was your day? Good. Really? Like, I haven't been with you for like eight hours. I just want to, and it's not, and here's the thing. I'm not trying to have you relive it or rehash it. I wasn't with you all day. You're valuable to me, and I'm interested in what your day was about. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying rehash every detail of that whack day you just had. That's not it. The thing is, is that you matter to me. And so I want to know what's happening with you because I haven't been with you for eight hours. And because you're the most important person to me, how are you? Like, not how are you, how are you? So when he's vulnerable and when you tell me the truth of what's going on, even if it's a low moment, I feel connected. And I feel like, then we want to protect each other. And then it draws us closer together. And now we do. Guess what? Physical sex, it, newsflash, for men, it's physical. For women, it's not. It's mental. There's so, some overlap there, but you're absolutely accurate. I'm saying because some of y'all women out there are like, more nah, physical than nah, it is son, it is low emotional. <laughs> it's way more physical it more. than it is emotional. But, but men, are, men are visual, right? So <laughs> the wind blows. Yes. You know, we're not like that. Like, listen, you got to start in the yeah, morning. I, go, I want oh, oh, look at that guy that walked by in his shorts. Like, we don't do it that. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm not even thinking about that. No. Stimulate my mind. Tell me I'm amazing. Yes. Text me during the day. Can then I get that, some flowers? Yes. Amen. You did a great job. Hallelujah. Yes. What is it that you need, honey? It's the crock pot. Yes. You have you know, that, that crock I am not a microwave. Microwaves and crock pots, baby. Warming. That should be our next book, Microwaves and Crock-Pots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to yeah. ask you guys something, um, and just for all did we of us. finish, like, well, our little thing? Yeah, we did. Our thing? All right. I just want to make sure. Did. I mean, well, I they, can, they sure. can read the book because there's a lot of stuff in the book. But, um, <laughs> but one of the things that you touched on is you talked about your father. You talked about childhood. And I want to talk about that for a second because there is no such thing as a marriage problem. There is no such thing. There are problems that all of us have individually, and because we don't know how to handle them when we come together with our spouse, it becomes an issue. But there is no such thing as we're having marriage problems. No, no, no. You're having a you problem, and you don't know how to resolve the you problem. And a you problem and a you problem makes a big problem. And what happens a lot of times is... 
most of us were not raised in environments um, that we learned how to heal properly. We actually have forward classes that are going to start when? September, September 1st. 1st. You can sign up 1st. for tonight. Yeah, that you, you can actually sign up for them tonight. But what it is is a deep healing class. It goes all the way back and tr traces roots through your life. Because a lot of times what we're doing is we're frustrated that we have to keep picking apples off the tree. And we're like, why does this apple keep popping up? And we pull the apple. We're like trying to address the fruit instead of addressing the root. An apple tree is always going to produce apples, and we keep trying to deal with the fruit instead of going to the root. So childhood has a lot to do with the issues that you are dealing yeah. with right now. Yeah, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34, it says that God extends mercy to a thousand generations, but he visits the iniquity, transgression, and sin to the third and fourth generation. Now, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean, Pastor? That means that you and I have to deal with past transgressions, iniquity, and sin. Mm -hmm. And what is transgression? That's crossing the line. Not, not even necessarily in our own life. So I, I brought up my dad. My dad was an alcoholic. So guess what the devil tried to use in my early years mm -hmm. as a familiar thing to try to pull me off? Alcoholism. Yeah. He, was, he committed adultery. With, with, my, uh, with my mom. And so I have to be on guard all the time in because regards to that area for those generational things, It's all familiar. We put guards in place just to make sure. So like when it comes when to... I got, when I got saved, God completely delivered me from alcohol. Amen. Completely delivered me from alcohol. Yeah. But up until getting saved, man, that, like that was my life. That's like 31 years ago. 31 yeah. years ago. Somebody asked me the other day, when was the last time you had a drink? About 31 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since I had a drink. Yeah. And so because, of, because of that, because I understood Exodus 34. I understood that I have to, and then as a family, her and I had to say, all right, here's the line in the sand, devil. You're not carrying this any farther in our life. We're going to stop that spiritual... Divorce goes through. Yeah. Between my mom and dad, eight marriages, his family came from divorce, alcoholism. Yep. Both of our dads died of alcoholism. It goes all through the family. So we had to make a decision. This is the line in the yep. sand. This is where we're not going. And, and a lot of times what we think is we think, oh my gosh, there's a skunk in my life. Let me take the skunk and put it in the basement. I don't want anybody to see the skunk. But when you take the skunk and you put it in the basement, the whole house stinks. Yeah. You yeah. got to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I love, Penny, you just said, what you said, you got to draw a line in the sand. I'll go farther. I say sometimes you got to draw a line in the concrete. Come on. Uh, it won't because move. when you draw a line in the sand, when the water and the waves come, it can kind of wash over that line sometime, and you can kind of move the line again. Sometimes you got to draw Good lines point. in the concrete. I'm going to give you something practical, uh, and this is for, for our men and our women out there. Um, you said you got to be on guard. I'm, I'm on, I am on guard because God restored our marriage, and so we're over the top with it. Okay, so yes. some of the stuff I'm going to say is going to make you cringe right now because I would never do that. Okay, but let me just put it like this. Um, all they don't my, have your story. All my passwords... On my computers, my wife has access to all of them. All of my Instagram, all of my Facebook, all my social media stuff, when somebody sends me something, they, they, they send it right to her. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm communicating with, and I know some of y'all are like, well, I, wouldn't. I got something on my phone called Life360. Life360 shows me where I am, where she is. She knows when I leave the house. She knows how fast I'm driving, all that. And listen, some of y'all are like, oh, that's extreme. Yeah, well, we were in an extreme circumstance, and so for God to heal us and to put us in a place of safety, I had to be able to show that I am completely transparent so that the enemy can't get back in where he had gotten in. If I'm at a place, uh, Troy, uh, uh, my clock is about every three days. Um, for various people to understand that, um, men have different clocks that happen at different times, okay? Uh, the same way y'all have different clocks, men have a different clock. Like, I can be good. Do you, wait, do you, raise your hand if you understand, you understand what the what clock I'm saying, somebody's saying. 
Type, yeah. type in if you're watching online, if you understand <laughs> what the clock means. Thank you. My clock is like every three days. And what will happen is if we're not together, if we're not connected to each other intimately after about three days, something goes off in me and I'll be sitting around or whatever, or I'm, I'm watching TV and I started noticing something. Or if I'm walking around, I start to be able to see stuff. And it's not even something that I'm looking for. It's just something happens that when a need is not met or whatever. And so for me, rather than hide that or whatever, I'll come to my wife and I say, hey, babe, um, I noticed myself looking around today more than I should be looking around. And I need you to know that. Because what I'm saying is I don't want to be for back. Three days are up, right? That's no, I, I, <laughs> ding. <laughs> now, now, the funny part is that we have a code word that he'll say, like when we're in front of people, too. So he'll say, honey, I need you to lay hands on me. Er? That, right. But it's it, or like, um, I need your hands. And, and he'll say, but what he's saying to me is, is that I'm trusting you and I'm being vulnerable with you to tell you, I need you. And I need you to fill that void. And guess what? When I feel that need, there is no need. So guess what? When baby girl comes, hey, he's like, eh. Because he's got his fantasy girl at home. There's no he's need. He's like, sorry, to look I already elsewhere. been to the gas station. Tanks yeah. full. Yes. Facts. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's good. You'll hear that again. I Amen. love that. So, so guardrails. Guard and you got and you got to kind of figure out what those are for yeah. yourself and you got to talk about it with your spouse. But yeah. can we go can we talk about that for a second? So, cuz I I deal with a lot of people who have had wounds from their childhood, so sex is difficult for them. Yes. Um, they've got wounds, they've got issues, they've got intimacy issues, they've got trust issues. What would you say to couples that are because they're three days? It might be forward. Three, we might be three years. Go to years. forward. Yeah, they we, need to go to forward. They definitely need to go to forward. And That's then sure. you. So there's a one of the sessions in forward is called the sabotage cycle, right? And so that you sabotage your own success, like you'll sabotage your own marriage based on the repeat tape that you play, right? So for me, I'll give you an example. Um, for me, when I was a child, I was molested at the age of 11. Okay, and so in my mind, my recorder in the back of my head is sex is dirty, it's awful, it's just horrible. And the thing was is that when I came to tell my father, he said, that never, ever, that never happened and don't speak of it again. We, what? And so now I really got to clamp down. Now fast forward, I'm married and he wants to have sex. And I'm like, I don't even know that that old tape is playing. I don't even know, like, I can't even allow myself to go there or to even have, I mean, keeping it at 100, like, for the first seven years of our marriage, I didn't even climax because that old tape was playing, sex is dirty, sex is bad, sex is dirty, sex is bad. Not true. But guess what happened was is that when I invited the Lord into this and said, okay, God, like, you got to give me a new tape. You got to erase that. So take every straight thought from my mind. Allow me to focus on my husband. Allow me to enjoy him. Allow him to enjoy me. Show me things that only you know. Show him things that only you know about me. And once I invited him into that space, every single time before we are intimate, I know this sounds crazy to some people. I'm nervous. No, every single time. <laughs> I invite the Holy Spirit in. Guess what? I want to enjoy my husband. I want him to enjoy me. Take every straight thought from my mind. Allow us to enjoy this time and draw us closer together. This is the time where we feel closest to being like God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The reason why the intimacy and why the enemy is after that intimacy, it's the place where we feel most like him. Right? The closeness, the intimacy. Vulnerable, There's nothing yeah. more Creation. close than that. Yes. So that's why he's after that piece, right? So that's why he interrupts when you're 11 years old and does these perversions to what he intends to be beautiful. Wow. This is the tape that he wow. plays, and that's his thought. That's his still kill, destroy before it ever even existed. Yeah. But ever, I ever even knew him, he tried to thwart that possibility. Yeah. Let, me, let me jump in there because you said it, and Penny, you said it too. Steal, kill, and destroy. A lot of times we, we miss that. And I need y'all to get this. You have an enemy. A real one. You have a real enemy that wants to steal your marriage. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your intimacy. He wants to steal uh, your time together, your conversation. He wants to steal it. But listen, he hates you so much that just stealing from you is not enough. After he steals it, he wants to kill it. 
He wants to kill your intimacy. He wants to kill your joy, kill your conversations, kill your relationship, kill your time. He wants to kill it. Listen, that's not enough for him. After he kills it, he wants to destroy it. He wants to steal it, kill it, and then destroy it to what's been stolen and what's been killed. There's not even uh, any a remnant of what was originally there, nothing to even put back together. And so when you understand that the enemy means business with you, you got to mean business with him to understand even if something has been stolen or if something has been killed, you cannot allow him to destroy it because if you do that, then we allow him to get the victory in our marriages. And how we do that is we let light into dark places. So guess what I had to ask him? Take those thoughts from my mind. Let me never remember them again and heal them. And allow me to see sex for what you really say. And he says, it's beautiful and I created it. And you'll never feel closer to your husband than when you're in this moment. That's good. And so in that, and then from that point on, there was a release. And that tape doesn't play anymore. And I can talk to you about it in a healed, healthy way because... It's no longer there. Yeah. Um, I just want to encourage everybody in here, um, whether you're married or whether you're not, um, we are big proponents of counseling. Whether you're in a situation right now in your marriage or in your relationship or whether you're going to be, right? We believe that people need to be in counseling. I haven't met a person that hasn't had trauma or hasn't had something in their background that has tried to derail them. And it will affect every aspect of your marriage. It'll affect every aspect of your life. And what we really believe in is, you know, we're not having any significant issues or anything, you know, right now, but we still go to counseling. Why do we go to counseling? Because I would rather take my vitamins than have to have chemotherapy. I would rather have a regular, and you're like, well, I went to counseling a few years ago. Well, we know that doesn't work with the gym. Well, I went to the gym a few years ago. And you know, you know what happens is we think, well, we're good now. We, we worked through that issue. It's not just about working through issues or trouble. It's making sure that the pressures that are coming in life, things that are happening, that when things do come your way, that you handle them well, the way that God would want you to handle them. And so we want you to know that we want to be proponents of that. Um, we have you, lots of resources that can help you. We have yeah. organizations. All you have to do is go on our website. And well, we have tons of stuff. Email us. That, the whole reason we have SALT resources is to make sure that you are getting equipped. We you guys have a equipped. book out there too, right? Yeah, we do. We yeah. have his book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we have it? Book, kids, yeah. small group, so all that stuff. All that stuff. There. You have small groups, resources. Everything is out there, so they can hear the rest of your story and how you walked through and how you. Can you pray for the marriages? Absolutely. Yeah, let's, Absolutely. Yeah, let's pray over the yeah, marriages. Yeah, let's just pray. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you guys stand up? Yes. And Grab hands you with your spouse. Yeah. Jesus, you're the name above every other name. Um, Your word says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And so we come to you, the name above every name, meaning that there is no name that is above your name. And so that means your name is above the name of divorce. Your name is above the name of sickness. Your name is above the name of virus. Your name is above the name of infidelity. Your name is uh, above the name of insecurity. Any name that we can name, fill in the blank, your name is above that. And so for every couple here, I don't care if they've been married for one day or they've been married for 100 years, God, we ask you, God, to have your way to uh, still uh, be God that you would infiltrate our space, God, and allow us to be and to look more like you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, cooperating together, working together uh, to accomplish on this earth as it is in heaven. We want our marriages to resemble that, God. We want our marriages to be a representation of you here in the earth, God. God, it is our prayer that individually, before we are husbands and wives, before we're parents, before we're men and women, God, we're sons and daughters. 
And when we get that we're sons and we're daughters first, God, that allows us to have an intimate, personal relationship with you. And if our intimacy with you is intact, we can then share that, the overflow of that with our spouse. We pray for those who are engaged or for those who have a desire to be married, God. We ask you to be in their space even prior to them getting married, God. And Lord, we ask you, please, Father, to put a hedge of protection around our homes, around our families, around our legacy, because our marriages aren't even for us, God. Our marriages are to glorify you. Our marriages are to reflect your goodness here in the earth, God. And we want to have that. We want people to look at our marriages and say, my God, how did you get that? I want that. I want to have a godly covenant marriage. Too often, we see people who are unhappy. We see people who are fighting, who are, uh, who are under pressure. We see people who are struggling, who are nagging God. We want to be the marriages that the world looks at and say, if that's marriage, I want that. We want to be the template. We, you said your word says you're raising up a standard. We want to be the standard, a freedom house standard of husbands and wives who love each other with the love of Jesus that we can be a standard for the world to look at and say, that's what marriage is supposed to look at. I see Jesus in that man and in that woman. And we praise you, God. We praise you for it in advance. We praise, these, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, give it up. Give it up for Jesus. Give it up for the Jordans. Thank you guys so much. Hey, tomorrow, Montel's going to be right here, Central Campus, two services. 9 30 11 15 my beautiful wife's gonna be at south end tomorrow 9 15 wait, wait, montel what are you talking about tomorrow fear how overcoming to overcome, fear. How to overcome fear. fear anybody might need to hear that message all right what are you you're, talking about there tomorrow you're at south, south end. end and what are you talking about i am talking about i don't know how you better figure it out between now and tomorrow no, and I'm, I'm preaching a message called, Are We in the End Times? Are We in the End Times? And I'll be at uh, Lake Norman. Um, so I'm excited about that. I, I preached at South End, mess, that message at South End last week, a week before last. Had a great Father's Day. Yeah. What a great night. What a fantastic time. So, so I was just God, kidding. So just ladies, just want to let you know, the three days starts right now. Like, it's a reset right now. Just, just putting that out there for y'all men helping you out come on men where y'all at y'all y'all look like you need some help so i'm not trying to help you anything else we're forgetting no i i was actually just kidding i'm talking about why bad things are happening and where is god in the midst of it is he even there does he care so yeah very good i hope you enjoyed tonight Make sure you sign up for Forward if you've never uh, been through Forward. Please, 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 September 1st. You guys have a wonderful night. Go out to eat. Enjoy yourself. Yes. God bless you. Love you and guys. And we love you. We love you. You are dismissed.